You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, I'm your host, Joshua Balta. Carter Vaughn of Carter Cast Podcast is on with us once again. He has become a staple in the Hive Hoops family, in the Hive Hoops community. If you guys have been a long listener, you've heard Carter. He's been on prior episodes. Uh, You know, it's been a while, uh, but it's August, and all we have is nothing right now. We have absolutely nothing. I, in prior episodes and previous episodes, I've spoken about my uh, my hate for the month of August, and both as an NBA fan, also my my day job. I'm a I'm a teacher, so August is just awful. Coming off of that, just massive two months straight being off, it's incredible, and just for it to come to a halting screech in August, um, it hurts my soul. Um, I would be a great bum. I could really be the best bum of all time. I could do nothing and just enjoy my life. I know there's some people that are driven. I know that there are people that have these high, you know, dreams and want to aspire to greatness. I could just chill and live my life and be great. But August, it kills that. And it kills that for the NBA as well. So, Carter, I'm glad to have you back on, man. How's it been? How's everything going? What are you gearing up for? Let us know. It's been great. I'm gearing up for football, man. August is football season. We need to get you a football podcast. Panthers are good, man. We got the Panthers. Bryce Young. Oh, I'm excited. Hey, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for my Panthers, okay? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, watching these training camp videos, they're doing something to me. I mean, it is is a tease. I can't get enough of these Bryce Young over-the-shoulder throws to Jonathan Mingo every day from training camp. I'm I'm talking myself into delusion with the Panthers. I'm in a great state right now. Thinking football at the Carter Cast. We're doing football shows coming up now. We're no longer doing random content. It's football season. So I can't wait. But I am excited to talk basketball real quick. And before we get into that, I did want to say August also sucks, especially if you're in the Southeast. It's so damn hot. It's brutal. <laughs> it is absolutely brutal, man. That that that. The heat waves, the humidity, it just like chokes you out. You step outside and like it's not even like, oh, hell, it's hot outside. No, it's like (gasps) like, you just you take it in and you don't know what to do with it. Like you're like, I got to get back inside. And it's yeah, August sucks. But look, here's the thing with the Panthers, because I am excited about my Panthers. All right. But it's still August. Like, the season really doesn't get underway until September. And, like, August terrifies me as a Panthers fan because that's the month in which the injuries, the season-ending injuries can occur. Knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood. I I, I have to do something. But that's why I don't like August. Like, get me through August all the way. Like, I just want to fast forward to September because this is, like, season-ending injury season for me is August. That's why I don't like August at all. And so, like, I'm excited about the Panthers, too, but got to pump the brakes. We'll see what happens. Hopefully everybody gets through, uh, you know, uh, what what are we in? Just preseason. Just preseason. Yeah, preseason right? starts next Saturday. Yeah. And that's, like, the other th- that's the other thing I agree with you is, like, you're all excited for preseason. You're all amped up. And then after the first quarter when the starters come out, 
you kind of get tired of seeing Will Greer throw another pick in the third quarter. Yeah. And, you know, the offensive line give up another sack or, you know, another DB drop, you know, a pick right here. Hits him right in the chest. Oh, my fault. Yep. Hit you in the hands, man. My yep, fault. Yep. My fault, says <laughs> opposing quarterback. Anyways, we got a lot of stuff to get to with the Charlotte Hornets. We have Michael Jordan has officially, officially moved out of the majority ownership here in Charlotte. That has now been transferred over to Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall. Those are now the two majority owners for the Charlotte Hornets. We also have had some recent signings. Uh-oh, uh-oh, from your Charlotte Hornets. Got to get into that, and that's where we're going to lead off with. Frank Nilakina and RJ Hunter are your newest Charlotte Hornets. Carter, how excited are you, man? Scale one to ten, I'm a whopping two, three, maybe three. That's high. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's high for this. I mean, that's you high. see the you see the RJ Hunter news and. I'm not no disrespect to RJ Hunter. Sure, he's a great guy, whatever. You get the notification from Chris Haynes and you just say, Why? 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 <laughs> I, I, I wish I could answer. Um, RJ Hunter has not played <laughs> in yeah, the I, NBA. I, I just I just I'm not excited about it. Yeah, like I mean, he was just recently he was signed from a Turkish club, and then prior to that. Uh, they had signed him off of the back of him playing in Australia in the NBL, same league that LaMelo came from. But he had a season-ending injury last season. He ended up leaving. I I can't even remember the team he was with in Australia. But he ended up leaving and signing with a Turkish club before Charlotte swooped in and is bringing him back to the NBA. But we are talking, it has been since. So, look, here's some stats. Here's some stats for you. Okay, it has been since the 2015-2016 season that R.J. Hunter has played more than five games in the NBA. And at that point, that was his rookie season. He was drafted late in the first round by the Boston Celtics. He actually appeared in 36 games in his rookie season before he just ping-ponged around and never could find rotation spot, could never really get his feet set for you know his NBA career and then Frank Nilakina last season 47 games with the Dallas Mavs where he averaged 2.9 points per game on a whopping 36 percent from the field 25 percent from three 1.3 rebounds 1.2 assists and that's what you got that's the that's what we have and so the Charlotte Hornets I've been running this uh, priority list over the last, I don't know, since free agency started. PJ Signing P.J. Washington has been at the top of my list. There have been reports I never wanted to get into 20 mil plus per for P.J. That was never on my radar. But 15, 16, I'm good with. He fits a role. He's your only true NBA caliber power forward on the roster at the moment. Now we have Miles Bridges, but still even Miles Bridges plays better at the three than he does at the four. That's what the numbers speak to. But now P. 
P.J. Washington was number one on my list. Number two was a vet, a true vet. I didn't, I did not care if they produced on the floor or not. That does not matter to me. I just want the voice in the locker room, leading the young guys. Hopefully, you know, taking, helping Lamelo take the next step into stardom, and maybe putting their arm around a James Book night, and maybe being able to get something right in between the temples. You know, that's what I was hoping for. And number three on that list was backup point guard. And I guess you could say that number three was addressed, uh, but it's it's not giving me the feels that, uh, that I was hoping for whenever that news would be announced. Because for, quite frankly, <laughs> no pun intended on Frank Nilakina. Isaiah Thomas would have been a better signing for me uh, just because of that vet voice. We know how much the the guys appreciated him and his time in Charlotte. That would have been a better signing to me than this because this just feels like D like DSJ, Dennis Smith Jr. 2.0. Let's try to resurrect another, you know, young former top 10 pick in the draft. Let's try to revive his career defensive-minded, so all the stats that I just read, Nilakina, his, you know, where he really has a chance to carve out an NBA career is defensively. And, you know, those stats aren't going to speak to his abilities on the defensive end. He is lengthy. He's 6'4". Um, he has a giant wingspan. Uh, that was some of the, you know, pros when he was coming into the draft. That was enticing for you know NBA teams ended up landing with the Knicks last season with the Mavs as I stated but this move just he's not a vet he's not a guy that can lead the unit if LaMelo goes down which your season's over at that point and he's not a guy that you can even that you really want pushing for 15 plus minutes per night if LaMelo even gets in foul trouble, say he's healthy, but LaMelo just gets in foul trouble. He's not a guy that you really want playing 20 minutes a night either at that, at, at that function. So this, this move was just kind of, okay. I mean, I, I, I can see what you're doing. You're trying to be cheap. Uh, you're trying to bring in a defensive minded guard. You are, I mean, I guess leaning into if LaMelo goes down, we don't really want to just, tread water anyways like let's just go ahead and get another top pick I guess at that point I I don't know it just I'm not one of these people I know I've been long-winded here I'm about to pass it back over to you I'm not one of these people that's just like Hornets do something like I just want you to make any move whatever like no I don't want that because that's how you end up signing stuff like this in my opinion like this this kind of feels like a whatever move and uh that's also how you end up you know, in bad contracts, not saying that this one is, this is not, it's non-guaranteed. So really don't even need to read too much into that, but that's how you end up in bad contracts. Like your Gordon Hayward's like your Nicholas Batum's those contracts that get handed out when people are like, Oh, let's, let's rush and just do something and, 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 and try to skip the timeline. Um, but here this just, man, I'm not excited. RJ Hunter, Frank Nilakina, it's just I I don't feel like a 
need on the team was met, I guess, essentially. And that's where my frustration comes in with these moves. They're not break the bank. They're not going to kill your team. They're not going to kill your cap space. They might even just be training camp bodies, especially R.J. Hunter. Um, You know, they're not going to do any of those things. They're not going to be just a huge, giant detriment to your roster building. But it didn't meet a need when I feel like there are some people out there that could have fit one of those needs that I just stated. It feels like they just showed up late to the pizza party and they're like, oh, the salad is the only thing left on the table. And they said, ah, we'll just eat the salad. I mean, it just to feel like there's not a lot of effort into this. They just saw a name and went with it. I You mentioned like kind of going back to the Dennis Smith thing. One, first off, it feels like, it, I mean, it's a definite downgrade from Dennis Smith. I mean, Dennis Smith did not get a huge contract from the Brooklyn Nets. I don't understand why not offer a little bit more money. I mean, so they not? did. So, so reports came out that sh- that the Hornets did offer more money than the Nets. Did he but just get he, is it playing time? Yes, it was playing time and opportunity. He felt like he could get a better, you know, shot at mm-hmm. being on the floor in Brooklyn. And I I don't know. I mean, you have Dinwiddie there. You have Simmons, who apparently is, you know, on, you know, comeback trail, you know. So I don't really see that there either. Um so but I was thing- a, I was a bit perplexed by that. Even I understand the sentiment because if you're the Charlotte Hornets, you want a healthy LaMelo ball playing 33 to 35 minutes a night anyways. So I get that he's being diminished to what? 12, 15 minutes a night. But in Brooklyn, he has some he has some guards that he's going to have to contend with as well in order to see the floor. I I'm all good with him choosing the opportunity. I just don't see that much greater opportunity, I guess you could say. Yeah, and then going back to one thing you said, I think this is the most important thing you said is wanting a vet voice in there. And before all the Chris Paul stuff happened, I was all in on Chris Paul going to the Charlotte Hornets and not for the basketball part of it. I don't care about the basketball part. 15, 20 minutes from Chris Paul, fine, whatever. I don't care. But – the thing is, you need a vet voice in there. Let's look at the Oklahoma City Thunder when Chris Paul came in. Everybody thought he was washed. Everybody thought, okay, his career's over. He's on the downturn. He comes in and to a, a OKC team that had only known losing. They've only known just bad habits. And he comes in and changes everything, changes that entire culture, that entire dynamic in just one year for the future. And I don't even necessarily believe he had to play in those games to prove that. I think he could have done the same thing in Charlotte, and that's why they do need that vet voice because LaMelo, yes, he they've had semi-successful seasons making the play-in, you know, getting that 9-10 seed, getting in there, but they haven't – they've only kind of known losing. He hasn't really known that winning culture yet, that defensive mindset, what it takes to really win, and they need a vet voice in there to, to, to do that for him because they haven't had it. Even just not LaMelo – during summer league, when the Charlotte Hornets were oh. just, oh, it was no. just don't bring up, don't bring, give us nom flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're gonna go there for a second. Well, real quick though, I I noticed like in those 20, 30 point beatdowns in summer league when you had, you know, guys going into their third year who were former first round picks, and you're like, man, they should look better than these rookies and non draftees, right? In James Book Knight, Kai Jones, especially those two guys. Man, you just kind of 
you would see them like on the floor and then you would see them on the bench as well. Not Kai Jones as much because he just has that personality that like you can't get him down. Like he's going to be himself no matter what, but on the floor, you could see just this, all they've known is losing like all of their lives. They've won it. Everything they've done. And then they get to the NBA, and the path is harder than they imagined. Now, Kai Jones came into playing basketball later on in his life, and I'm not picking on Kai Jones specifically or you know, trying to isolate him or magnify in on just him solely. I'm just talking about what you said is the, the culture of the franchise in general, right? It just feels like at this point, like, or at that point in summer league, a lot of those guys are like, yeah, I mean, this is just what we do. Like in Greensboro, yep. we use like the swarm aren't good. They haven't been good for seasons on, uh, upon seasons. And so all they've known in Greensboro is losing. And then in Charlotte, no playoffs. And then summer league year in, year out. We're one of the worst, especially since they've, you know, entered the league. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what I would have liked to see. So I don't want to get too bent out of shape over non-guaranteed contracts, right? I just don't because I, I alluded to this earlier. We don't – R.J. Hunter, there's a great chance he does not make the final roster, right? Nilakina, I would actually think that he has a better chance just because of his defensive capabilities – with Steve Clifford, this feels like, you know, one of those things where, you know, free agency kept going and the Hornets didn't make any moves. And now we got to the end and Steve Clifford and Mitch Kupchak were in a room and they're like, hey, who's out there that kind of fits what we need? LaMelo's not defensive minded. Terry Rozier's not defensive minded. We can't really rely on these rookie guards that we've brought in or our second and third year guards. We need somebody who can come in and set the tone, who can get us a stop on the wing stop and guard an opposing point guard. And that's what this feels like. And so I guess I'm okay with that. And some people would say that does meet a need. Like he, we wanted Dennis Smith Jr. back, and he's Dennis Smith Jr. liked. So, mm -hmm. hey, maybe the same thing that happened with Dennis Smith Jr. last season can happen with – Nilakina, who knows? Yeah. I'm just backup point guard was the least of my worries because you want you want Lamelo Ball playing 33, 35 minutes a night, and so in those in those additional 13 to 15 minutes, divvy them up between Terry Rozier. Even Gordon Hayward can get you into sets. He's that kind of player who can get you into sets. Cody Martin has shown that he can bring the ball up the floor. At that point, all you have to do, you can hand off to Terry Rozier. You can, as long as you stagger the rotations, you can make those those lasting 13, 15 minutes work. And then if LaMelo Ball goes down, the season's over anyway, so it doesn't matter. I wanted a vet, man. And I still, there's still time. I mean, we're still looking at, you know, a month before, you know, you really start getting heavy into training camp and different things like that. So there's opportunities that can still arise where the Charlotte Hornets can bring in a vet or, you know, maybe even make a trade. I wouldn't bet anything on that whatsoever. 
but that possibility is out there. It's just when you see these moves, you want hopefully them to meet some kind of dire need that you have, something that can boost up, you know, the quality of your team. And I'm not quite sure that took place with these signings. I don't think they did either. And the other thing is like where you can't get, you mentioned not getting too bent out of shape. They're non-guaranteed deals. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's really no risk here. And the last thing I'll say on this, we were t- talking about the vet voice coming in and the losing mentality and all this on a bigger, this is a bigger example, but talk about the 76ers, like the process and all that. Yes. You can say they made the playoffs and they made this run, but you can still see there's something missing in those guys, even obviously Ben Simmons, but even Joel Embiid and all those people that are a part of the Sixers process, something's missing in those guys where they just don't have that, that there's that winning mentality as cliche as that is the sound. Yeah. And I'm worried that's just going to, I mean, that's just how it's going to be in Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's been for quite some time because yeah. I mean, even when you listen to Mitch Kupchak in these press conferences, he points to Steve Clifford being the strong leader in the room. He says, you know, what you'd like to do is hopefully, you know, LaMelo take that next step or, you know, have some of your older guys, you know, uh, take on that role. But he says, but we have a coach in Steve Clifford who really fits that role. And that's not what you want. I, I And I like Steve Clifford. I think that what he did last season and the way that he and his staff continue to push throughout the season um, and get the most out of the guys that they had available to them and then play some damn good defensive basketball down the stretch, according to all of the metrics. Um, I like that. And with a healthy roster, I think that Steve Clifford can instill some of the things that make Steve Clifford, Steve Clifford. But I just, you want that player. You want that player. You want that vet voice. And I would have loved to have that. I mean, even, uh, you know, bringing back like a Bismack Biombo, um, who <laughs> he can do nothing on the floor um, at this juncture. You know, his best years were arguably in Toronto, right? Um, yeah, the human oven mitt. Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. But his voice in the locker room, you know, LaMelo spoke about, you know, his presence, his rookie season. He's available. Um, IT that I mentioned already. I mean, you have some things. That is such a big part of why we've seen the Hornets kind of fold down the stretch in recent years. They only had to win one game back in LaMelo's rookie season out of like the last, I think it was six or seven games. All they had to do was win one, and they would have been able to host one of the play-in games instead of being dropped all the way to the 10 seed to where they have to win two games and none at home, and they couldn't do it, right? They couldn't do it. And then you had, obviously, both play-in blowouts. Um, And then it's just... You're going into another season that's such a large need for this team. I don't know if people understand how much that is needed and is necessary for this roster just because it's so young. And I and people will point, well, we have Gordon Hayward, we have Terry Rozier. That's a frustrating, that's another frustrating aspect with them. Is because you hope to get some of that out of those guys. And like you know that they're not providing it. Because Mitch Kupchak is saying that they're not providing it 
by even though he's not saying it. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he always points to Steve Clifford in his press conferences and he mentions LaMelo, but he never really says anything about Hayward or Rozier, but he talks about the lack of leadership. And so that, I mean, he's saying it without saying it, right? And that's what you hope to get. Like when you signed Gordon Hayward to a four-year, $120 million contract, you hope that you would get something in the locker room and on the floor. Like you didn't just want his production on the floor. You were hoping that by bringing in, you know, a multi-time all-star and a guy who had been in the playoffs and played in big games and different things, that you would get some of that. And that's just, it's not what you've gotten. And Terry Rozier, he's like, He's so lovable, but Terry Rozier's like a 28-year-old who still thinks he's 22, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, me personally, I'm like that. I am I am extremely young at heart, and I am like, I don't have to be the leader. Like, I don't want to be in that role. Like, I want to just, I want to support the person above me. Like, I Like, I'm good with that. Like I told it, like I'm a teacher, like I'm cool with that. Like, I just want to, I don't have to be the person making all the shots and, and calling all those things, but you need somebody who does in all facets of life. And it's no different with the Charlotte Hornets. It's just, um, you're hundred percent, right. You I, hit it on the nail. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's needed. It It is needed. And it's, it's high on the priority list and, Hopefully that will be addressed. Kupchak has stated that it, it likely will be addressed, but it still hasn't happened. We're bringing in RJ Hunter, who hasn't played in the NBA in four seasons and five seasons, and Frank Nilakina, who, you know, what's he going to give? Eh. Those? Yeah, just eh. But non-guaranteed guy's not going to get too bent out of shape. All yeah. right, new ownership. New owners. You have Rick Schnall. You have Gabe Plotkin. They come in. Michael Jordan is still a minority owner with the Charlotte Hornets, but no longer the majority owner. So the NBA's only black majority owner in the NBA is out. We are back to no minority owners, majority owners in the NBA. And so... Here we are. I I listened to the press conference. I've been reading their press releases, their letters, you know, hello, Charlotte, all of the things. I had some stuff that I said online earlier today. Just uh, I want to get your initial thoughts. And I put a poll out, that, out there yesterday on Hornets lead on this. How are you feeling about the current landscape around the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, with the new owners coming in, where they are roster-wise, all of that. And so it was, you know, heading in the right direction, heading in the wrong direction, more of the same, or, you know, where would you fall in terms of that after hearing the new owners kind of getting their ideas and where they want to take this team and where the roster stands, like, where would you fall in there? I mean, you just don't know yet. It's a, it's a basic answer. I'm not here. It's not a first take. Oh, that was the last answer. one. No, that was the other one. The last one was wait and see. That was yeah, the fourth option. 
Yeah, it's, I'm not going to give a Stephen A. Smith first take answer uh, so Monday morning after Sunday NFL slate. Yeah, it's just a wait and see thing. I, we don't know these guys. Like we mentioned before on the podcast, we were talking. We don't really know who this Rick Chanel guy is. He's kind of you know in the background a little bit and more of these hedge fund stuff. Uh, the, and then Gabe Plotkin, obviously with all the GameStop controversy and whatever happened there. We know that part of it. I mean, we just don't know them as sports owners, so it's hard to say. But yeah. what we do know is a change needed to happen. Michael Jordan, just bad decision after bad decision, cheap move after cheap move. And then to close everything, bad drafts after bad drafts. He's had some good picks, obviously, but I just at the end, every Hornets fan wanted Scoot Henderson. And as he's walking out the door, just throws the grenade. He's the, the Joker walking out of the hospital that everything blows up. And Michael Jordan's walking away after drafting Brandon Miller. Like that's where I'm at right now. I'm I'm excited. It's new owners. It's a change. Um, but you just never know. You never know. Bro, I'm not supposed to talk about Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson anymore. <laughs> you put a put a self suspend on yourself. So you're on probation. I, 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 I've had to. I was I was pissing too many people off. They were like thinking that I like hated Brandon Miller, that I was going to be against him for like his entire NBA career, that I was just going to like pride myself on his downfall and like just be like, yes, like fail Brandon Miller. I want everybody to know how smart I am. Like, no, that's not what I want at all. No, it's just how how much people think how good Scoot is, and it's hard to say he's not. I mean, he's he's a he's a good player, man, but. Yeah, I, and real quick on the Brandon Miller thing, just my take on it real quick. Uh, I was going to talk myself into whoever we drafted, so now that it's Brandon Miller, initially I was upset I really wanted Scoot Henderson, but with Brandon Miller, I was going to talk myself into him being, you know, first battle Hall of Famer. I was always going to do oh, it. I'm no. a delusional fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're setting yourself up. There it is. Yep. This, this is what we always do, right? It's like, no, yeah, we didn't need Donovan Mitchell. No. Like, we're good to go. We got this. Oh, we didn't need Anthony Davis. We're good. We got this. Come on, rise up. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't let don't let me don't let me get the conspiracy theory hat on. I've already been there once or oh, twice no. with David Stern and the Hornets thing. And we can, that's another podcast. That's another well, look, August hey, hey, podcast. We know that aliens are real. They yeah, we know us. aliens are real. Are they rigging the NBA draft lottery coming it's up alien. next on first take? <laughs> Man. So I I do want to point out something, and I, I made a post uh, today on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called um, from Hornets lead, and in their press release, in their letter to Charlotte, it's, you know, hey, we're coming here. Thank you for taking us in, and, you know, we're going to work our hardest to bring an NBA championship to Charlotte, all this kind of stuff. There was one portion that I read and I don't want to I don't want to read too much into things because I too am like you I'm in wait and see mode I guess the part that I want everybody to pump their brakes on is the fan base was so strongly like it doesn't matter who it is just get Michael Jordan out of the door get Michael Jordan out of the seat calling the shots, overseeing all of the shots, get him out, and it doesn't matter, we'll be fine. And I guess I just want to caution everybody, just because Michael Jordan, may, just because you may have wanted Michael Jordan out, doesn't mean that the new guys coming in are just going to just kill it. 
and that they're just going to come in and just write all wrongs. And so that's where I want to caution people, I guess. And so I'm in wait and see mode. I have really no strong takes either way. Um, I just kind of want to see where this thing goes and uh, we'll assess along the way because I'm not jumping to conclusions. But there is one statement in which they made today where they say we are going to be patient owners. And I didn't like that use of verbiage or adjective i guess because i i before you keep going i think i do like that but keep going okay i didn't like that lone adjective out of all of the vernacular out of all of the words in the english language i did not like the word we are going to be patient owners and we're going to go by this the right way i that didn't sit well with me just because it feels like more of the same. And to a degree, the Charlotte Hornets have not been patient in a lot of ways. They've tried to skip steps along the way, whether that be Batum, Hayward, um, you know, in the past, those are just a couple that come to mind where they've tried to skip some steps. But we're also at a point right now where I feel like we do have a solid core. Like, we do have LaMelo Ball. We do have Mark Williams. We do have Miles Bridges coming back. Think what you want about him off the floor, but coming back onto the floor in just a purely basketball you know, sense, he should be good. All right? And so you have those guys. You even have a Terry Rozier, who's a top 80 player in the NBA. You have Gordon Hayward, who's still a top 100 player in the NBA. Not that their core is moving forward, but for right now, you have a pretty good idea of who your best players are, and you have some good foundational pieces. You got Brandon Miller, number two overall pick. Hopefully, I mean, he turns into, you know, what we think he can be. And so I think there ha- there has to be some consolidation, and I think that needs to happen now. We have nine draft picks from 2021 until now. And for the most part, we know nothing about these guys. Brandon Miller's one of them. We expect him to be in the rotation. Mark Williams is in the rotation. Okay? So only two out of nine guys do we really have a good grasp on, hey, I kind of know what I'm getting with this guy. Or at least I hope I know what I'm getting out of him because he's the number two overall pick, right? Kind of know a JT Thor a little bit, but he still can't shoot. He's sporadic. Like, sure, he gives you some defensive uh, capabilities. But so I, I, I guess you could say two and a half out of nine. Bryce McGowan showed some you know, s- some flashes, but then Summer League was horrible for him. Uh, we still don't know anything about Kai Jones. We still don't know anything about Book Knight. And then you got Nick Smith Jr. You got Amari Bailey. You got uh, James Naji, who's going to be in Spain. There's just a lot of guys, second round picks, that you just don't know what they're going to be. And so, yes, I, I don't want you to go scorch earth like Matt Ishbia of the Suns and just trading everything away for. Kevin Durant and Brad Beal, which if you can get Kevin Durant, I guess you trade what you can. But I'm not saying go in reckless, 
But I just don't want to be sitting here waiting another two, three seasons to see if these young draft picks are going to pan out or not. Because at that point, you're just season after season waiting. And I don't want to do that. I think there has to be some consolidation. And I think there has to be some of that now. So, you know, when you get, you know, you get a new job and you have to watch those stupid training videos and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. The new NBA owners, the newest training video, it came out, you know, last summer, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They say, whatever you do, do not pull a Minnesota Timberwolves trade with Rudy Gobert. And that's where I like the word patient coming in because those new owners came in. And what's the number one thing you do as a new owner? You deny the call from Danny Ainge and you block his number. You don't take a single <laughs> call from Danny Ainge. He feasts on new owners. And that's where I like the word patient because I don't want to, the Hornets are a classic franchise where they can make that dumb move. Like we've mentioned. And I, I want, I don't want that to happen. Don't like you said, don't go on reckless. Don't go in guns blazing. Like we're going to fix all this right now. Here we go. You got to be smart about it. But you're right. You also have the other barrier where you can't be too patient because this young core isn't going to be around forever. Contracts are going to get heavier. Miles Bridges, what's going to happen with him next year? PJ Washington, we don't know. Lamelo Ball signed, but is he going to be unhappy? Is he going to force his way out still even after signing this super max deal? So that's the other part where it gets interesting. I like the word patient, but I understand where you're seeing it from. Yeah, it's just... Out of all of the words, that's not the one I wanted to see. Yeah. And so that's just that's me being picky. All right. Yeah. I'm being picky here. <laughs> it's August. We have to be picky. Yeah. I mean, you got to do something, right? You can't just sit here for the next month and do nothing. <laughs> like I you can't do that. But uh no, I'm waiting see mode. I'm fine with the new owners. Um, I just I want to caution everybody just because Michael Jordan is out does not mean that these guys are just going to be godsends. That's not how this works. And I I guess with the word patient, I'm I'm cool with that in in certain areas, but then there's other areas I'm like, you know what? Like we can't just keep sitting here. We need that bet. Mm-hmm. We can't just keep sitting here. Like we don't need all of these draft picks and what? Three of them pan out out of nine and then we have six guys sitting at the end of the bench taking up roster spots for multiple years and you're just waiting and waiting and that's not even taking into account 2024 and 2025 draftees that will be coming in as well they're all fighting for the same minutes and so that's where i get a little shaky carter man i've enjoyed having you on always a good time with you got to get you back i know that that 31 and a half uh you know win total for the hornets we got to talk about that as the season nears okay hammer the over right hammer the over hammer hammer uh responsibly hammer the over very nice very nice (laughs) for myself for carter thanks for tuning in to hive hoops until next time adios thanks for listening to hive hoops presented by the league Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.